Hello, dearest listener. Thank you for tuning in to FizzBuzz Podcast. The podcast you're about to hear is a live show recording that we did at Atlantic Technical University in Sligo. Because it was recorded live, the sound quality is a little bit wonky, so you might need to turn it up in some places. But don't you worry. We will work on getting that sound quality better at our next show. So stay tuned until the end. Because trust me, it's going to be worth it. Alright, whenever you're ready. Yeah. Alright, yeah. We want to start? Yeah. Is it official? I think it's official. Okay. It's official, everyone. We're starting. We're going to start. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your patience, everyone. Um, but yeah, hi, everyone. Um, <laughs> welcome to our first ever FizzBuzz podcast live show. So, this is the very first one. You're all like very very welcome to be here and you're all making history with us you are you're making history <laughs> and so on that yeah. note give us a cheer fizz buzz fizz buzz <laughs> but uh yeah like, look how well this is going for us. We have a gorgeous, gorgeous panel of ladies today. All the microphones, the tech, an audience. An audience! <laughs> we're pretty, we're chuffed, I have to say. Yeah. So, we actually really can't believe this is our first live show. And I have to say, I think this means we're pretty talented. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it does. Um, but yeah, so hi, I am Stacy. I am one of the co-hosts of the show here. And to answer everyone's burning question, yes, my mom has got it going on, just like that one song says she does. Um, it's amazing how one song can change your life. And then uh, I'm Mo, the other co-host of FizzBuzz. Uh, and you can call me Mo. Uh, and no, I'm not from Mayo. But yeah, wow, isn't this neat? Like, um, thank you so much for this great venue here at ATU. So give it up for ATU. Thank you. ATU Um, One thing that we find really interesting is that you all let us come back into the university. We never thought that was ever going to actually happen. Um, because, like, look at us. We're so cool. <laughs> Way too cool for school, right? <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, stay in school. Don't do drugs and call your mother. <laughs> um, but, yeah. So, thank you. And we're FizzBuzz Podcast. If you haven't listened to us before, we are a tech comedy podcast. Um, and then a bit about Stacy and I. We were something else before now, and then we changed careers and became software engineers. Um, so now we have this podcast, and we are using it as a platform for talking about tech and making it more accessible to everyone, and just kind of removing the mystery of what it means to be starting a tech career. So kind of to reiterate more, we love talking about different areas of tech. And then today we're going to be talking about 
unconscious bias and then how we're going to be supporting women in tech careers and in university as well. Yeah, and we are very, very happy to be here in Sligo and to celebrate International Women's Day with you all and with our gorgeous, gorgeous guests. So without any further ado, please give them a warm welcome for joining us. I could get used to having these cheers on hand. <laughs> She's drunk with power, really. <laughs> um, all right, everyone. So on to the interview. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> just to get to know you guys a little bit better, would you mind introducing yourselves one by one and telling us your name and then what your role is? Okay, um, hi, my name is Diane O'Brien and I'm a lecturer here in ATU Sligo. Welcome, Diane. Hi, my name is Ellen Woodward and I'm a second year computing student here at ATU Sligo. Um, Very welcome. Mary Loftus, uh, I'm a computing lecturer as well, with a bit of a dodgy voice today, so excuse that. And my first computer was a Commodore 64. Yes, I'm that old. <laughs> oh gee, I like it. <laughs> Cool. So in attempts, again, to get to know you a little bit more and also to loosen up uh, the vocal cords, I suppose, we like to do uh, lightning round questions. So they're really fast, speedy questions. First thing that pops into your head. And they're all about yourself. So it's not like a quiz or anything like that. Um, so first thing is, what is your favorite color? Go, Diane. Blue. Blue. Yellow. Purple. International purple. Women's Day. Or Beautiful. Day and you're wearing a lovely purple scarf as well. Oh, yeah. So I love how everybody has uh, different <laughs> favorite colors as well. Yeah. And then uh, what is your hobby? Golf. Ooh. Karate? I think I'd have to say sea swimming these days. Ah, you, know how somebody, you know how you know somebody's a sea swimmer? They tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Have you been out today? No. <laughs> Fair enough. When it gets a little warmer. Uh, how do you take your coffee? Um, cappuccino. Um, an espresso. Flat white or black. Mm. Very elegant coffees. <laughs> um, and then what's everyone's horoscope sign? Virgo. Um, Gemini. Aquarius, more water. Oh, age of Aquarius as well. I love we have a lot of water signs on the podcast somehow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then last but most certainly not least, uh, what was the last song that you listened to? <laughs> <laughs> There's very surprised faces on all the guests. Well, the last one in my head is Stacey's mom. Yeah. <laughs> I it up there. Um, I can't remember. I think I was last listening to the Undertale soundtrack, so probably something off that. Oh, that soundtrack is so <laughs> it's good. It's so good. <laughs> I think it was a Brandy Carlisle. It might have been something about wherever your heart is, that's my home or something like that. Oh, <laughs> nice like that. Very nice. See, those weren't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> you survived the lightning round. <laughs> yeah. So now that we all know you super well, we're going to go into, yeah, we're best friends now. Uh, there's nothing more to learn. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, we have a segment on the show where we ask everyone, what is your favorite thing about Ireland? 
And it can be something very small to something very large. Just what are you resonating with at the moment? For me, it's the scenery. I love mountains, sea. Yeah. I know it's kind of stereotypical, but I do like a pint of Guinness. So that would be my answer. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I think it might be the ocean. We've yeah. got lots of different views of it and the power of it and the, the healing of it. Mm. I don't know if anyone's come across Eastkey Britain's book, which I can't remember the name of now, but it's about her growing up by the sea. Yeah. And, yeah, nodding heads here. So yeah, I think the sea is, we're lucky with that. Yeah, mm. very lucky. Yeah, I think I remember the first time I ever went sea swimming in Ireland, I never felt more connected to the planet. It was amazing. Mm. Great. All right. So with introductions aside now, we're going to transition into the actual topic of today. Um, so this is our second season of the podcast, so season two. And our overarching theme is to give advice. Um, so we want to just help people start their careers in tech by giving them the absolute best advice possible. And um, so to, on International Women's Day here, we wanted to start with a few stats about women in tech and what it currently looks like. So these stats I've actually taken from an article from theconversation.com and it's called The Retention Problem. Women are going into tech but are also being driven out and it's by Vandana Singh and I'm going to link the article on our socials and in the podcast notes as well, so you can have a read through yourself. But some of the main takeaways from the article are that 27% of the people currently working in tech that identifies women, and so it's kind of an underrepresented group of people. 50% quit before the age of 35 and 56% are likely to quit mid-career. So I think the big question that we're all asking ourselves, what is the reason of this lack of retention in tech? Um, so I think we all probably know the answer to this one, and a big one is the gender pay gap. So it said that women ear to be 87% of what men make. Um, and then another huge one, and I definitely think we're going to talk about this on the podcast, is women lack support systems in the same way that men do. Um, and then women also experience um, lots of different types of harassment, all the way from minor to severe. Um, and this can be anywhere from sexism, discrimination, misogyny, um, and we've also heard that some women get death threats. Many people have tried to establish communities and platforms so that women can, you know, share their voices, a group to speak to and voice their emotional and physical concerns about doing a job in tech. Um, and also mentoring is a great part of trying to retain women in the tech industry because if women see other women succeeding they're more likely to stay in so um, with these facts in mind uh, we'll kick off and hear a little bit from our panel so can you speak about your own experiences as women in tech and tell us about the moment that you noticed some inequity Okay, I'll kick it off. Um, my tech career, 
uh, started, I felt a bit like a pioneer because I am old, so it was quite a long time ago. And there, there actually were more women in tech then than there are now. But even at that, um, I worked pretty independently. And actually, I actually saw that as a, a benefit of the career, that I could kind of be my own boss, you know, find my own clientele, and that built up over a number of years. And I really enjoyed that aspect of the career, that it, that it was, you know, I, w I could be the master of my own, or the mistress, or whatever the word is, of my own destiny. And it was only really when I moved out of a direct kind of tech role into academia, and uh, I did a master's, an online master's, 2004 to 2006. And that was, I suppose, the first time that I'd stepped out of tech to look back in. And I think that's when I was kind of going, hmm, things are not as they should be. Just first of all, in terms of the numbers, which I think because I was plowing my own furrow, I wasn't that aware of. But then when I moved out of the space that I had been in and, and looked at the space more generally, then it did you know, really strike me, where are the women? And I think what you've talked about there in terms of community, I think there was a slow dawning that that was certainly part of what was, was missing. And I did find more community as I moved out of that kind of direct tech role and realized, oh yeah, this is you know, it's a, a, big part of, a big part of the jigsaw that's missing here. And the reason that we're maybe not attracting women in the first place as well. So that was kind of my realization was kind of stepping back a little bit. Having really enjoyed tech, I thought it opened so many doors. You know, it brought me to so many interesting spaces, interesting projects, well-paid work, rewarding in so many ways, flexible as I had children and, and all of that, which is another, I think, part of this as well. Uh, but it was only then looking back in and then suddenly it just became a very stark, oh my God, where are all the women? Uh, and, and at that point, noticing that the actual numbers were going down, not up. So that was kind of my kind of realization point. And I think it's a problem because if we have such an unbalanced tech workforce, the products that we build, the solutions that we come up with are just not going to be the solutions that the world needs. You know, we've seen the, um, speaking of, of sea swimming, we've seen the Dunleary sea bath renovation. I don't know if people are familiar with this over the, the last few months. Uh, 18 million was spent on what was an old, I'm not sure, the 50s, I think, was when it was a peak gathering spot for, for people in Dunleary. So it was, it was renovated in the last couple of years, 18 million spent. A lot of ramps for disabled people to get around. And when they opened the space, they realized nobody can get a wheelchair up or down these ramps, they're too steep. So the people who needed to use the ramps weren't involved in the design. And so therefore, the design is just not fit for purpose. And I think that's a kind of a, a very generic example and a very simple project, if you think about it, really. I mean, how, how complex, and I'm sure the architects would argue with me, <laughs> but how complex can it be to build some ramps and nice public spaces for people? And tech people are building hugely complex projects that are making more and more decisions about our lives, about the criminal justice system, about welfare systems, uh, and so many other examples. The complexity involved is just incredible. And I think if we don't have a diverse team of people working on these solutions, we're going to end up with a lot of ramps in those systems that just mm -hmm. don't suit the users. To, use, to stretch the metaphor a little bit. Yeah, completely agree. Honestly, couldn't have said it better myself, yeah, Mary. Yeah, that's a great example. 
That's a concrete example. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, great. I don't mind. Um, yeah. Um, well, I suppose I've been fortunate in that I haven't really experienced um, that sort of um, stereotype or that sort of situation. I would work predominantly as well with men, um, and you know, it, it. I didn't see that. It didn't come to me, but I did see it in my role. I suppose in academia and management, I would have seen a little bit of that about. You know, um, your views are somewhat dismissed uh, because you are a woman, uh, which is a bit unfortunate given, you know, that, as Mary said, it really is about everybody's perspective counting for um, design, etc., to ensure that we have the best product services out there. But yeah, um, I wouldn't have um, had that um, background. But then I suppose it's just different people, isn't it? It's just, you know, you, you come down through technology or to tech, different routes, different paths. Um, and fortunately, I don't know, for me, um, I was confident in my role and who I was. And so I didn't need to have that. Um, I, di I didn't feel that I was being exposed or that things were difficult for me as a woman in, in the tech industry. But I have seen it more, um, as I said, you know, even for the students and things like that and trying to get uh, females into tech, that opportunity to do that. And I, I think it's really interesting, you know, the ways in which you can better that. And mentoring definitely is the way to go. It is, has to be about, you know, giving everyone a fair opportunity because tech is for everybody. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, no, so I got myself lucky that got here on <laughs> <laughs> how about yourself Ellen yeah so I'm obviously like only at the very beginning of my tech career only being in second year but it's kind of been something I've done through my entire life so I would have taken part in a lot of camps when I was younger kind of coding camps coder dojo and at the time I would often be the only girl in the room but at the it, it didn't bother me I didn't even notice I thought I had every right to be there you know I was enjoying it they were enjoying it so it really didn't matter to me and then when I applied to come to college here and um, everyone was kind of like you know there's not going to be many girls you might be the only one and I said okay you know it, it, it was something that I was aware of but never really truly bothered me so then when I came here and I remember on our first induction day I was like pardon me I think I kind of kid myself that there would be a few more so I kind of was looking around and there was maybe two or three and in a whole sea full of guys and I was just I think I was a little bit disappointed more than anything that there weren't that many. I been what I've expected, I guess, but it just I was kind of disappointed that there wasn't. But in the whole scheme of things, it didn't really bother me. I just I got on. I'm you know, there's three I think in our year at the moment. So over there's 50 of us in total across all the computing streams, and there's three girls in the entirety of it, which is not great numbers. And I think we started off with five, so it's not great to have lost some along the way, but. It's something that I guess because I haven't been in a proper industry role or anything yet that I haven't fully noticed because I'm treated the same way here as anybody else doing computing. So I haven't really been exposed to the, the elements yet of bias in, and, the, and the gender gap in, in tech. So I'm kind of new to it, still fresh eyes, but so far it's not bothering me, but I, that might change in a few years' time. Yeah. And I mean, that disappointment mm -hmm. is very real as well. And then out of curiosity, do you know why your peers had left? 
I don't know, to be honest. I think a lot of them were finding it difficult. Like, But then there's other people leaving because it is difficult. But I think... I know there was one girl who was struggling with the fact that, you know, I think she might have been one of the only ones at the course or something. So it's just... That can be a lot to, to put on someone, you know? Especially if you're not kind of comfortable and people aren't treating you the same way. But I'm lucky that I... Maybe I'm not lucky, but maybe I just earned it. But I'm trying to... Everyone respects me the same way because I respect them. So I don't, I don't know the full reasonings behind everything but it is just sad to see them go and sad to have got someone in as you're saying with the retention had to have someone in and have gotten that far because that's the hardest part is getting into it and then holding on and then just seeing them go is just yeah disappointing yeah completely agree mm-hmm. yeah well great thank you for those answers mm-hmm. and then moving on we would like to know how uh, particularly for Diane and Mary, um, how do you think that we can prepare women in university for their careers? Um, for me, I really do think it's about see it to be it. It, it. it is that role model. And it's not somebody so distant, you know, from the student either. It has to either be maybe, you know, a fourth year student for a first year student or um, somebody in industry as well that will help mentor that student, be it male or female, it, 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 it's immaterial. But it's just somebody that would set them up and give them that opportunity to, um, I suppose, say how they're feeling, say how things are going for them. Um, and I think for all students in terms of retention, I just think it's a big thing that they need to have a voice and they need to have their opportunity to have their voices heard and to somebody down the line for all of us for for myself in my role as well it's, it's anybody in any role and um, that mentoring is a huge opportunity and it's it's i suppose for me in in terms of students and getting them you know female students into tech and i'd be very passionate about it because as i say it's different perspectives everybody has an opportunity to work together and it's everybody's opportunity but it's about encouraging everybody into tech and um, and I think that um, a lot of that has to, you know, um, it's going out there and it's talking to the students and it's giving them a little bit of confidence in that because it's all about confidence. So there's two types of students. There's, there's the uh, likes of ourselves here and Ellen, you know, she, no one was going to put Ellen off. Ellen was going to do computing and that's quite clear and evident. Uh, whereas for other students, and it's fantastic. And like that, I would like to have thought I was somewhat like Ellen myself. But for other students, is that they haven't, they haven't actually, they don't even know of the possibility because they're not even, it's not even on their radar. And they're the students that we need to attract and we need to encourage and we need to mentor and look after. And I think that is it. I think it's about having, you know, community, a community of, group of community of learners and people in the same wavelength um, is what gets you through uh, for the students. It's team building within the students in their own selves as well. We have this unfortunate situation now where there isn't like it's a like a 90% male, 10% female in, in computing and um, would like to get it back to the 50-50 split. That is there oddly enough in um, let's say conversion courses because they seem to come to it mature from a different industry and they, 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 they've set their stakes out on a, a career in tech and they're willing to take that on. But I think predominantly it's about building community and um, you know, uh, team building for the class as a whole uh, when we get them in, uh, but also offering that one-to-one mentoring support for for female students and male students as well. But you know, everyone needs support. Of course. 
How do you spot when a student needs that one-to-one -one support? Um, well, I suppose we, we, we would monitor attendance, we'd monitor, um, you know, how they're getting on. And I was head of department for a couple of years, and in that time, actually, it was nice because I suppose I was a female head of department in a predominantly male-orientated uh, 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 female. The population in terms of the staff was, you know, almost 50-50 split, but in terms of the student population, it was de definitely not that. Um, but the female students, I had, I would have had a lot of them come to my door and sit at my desk and have a chat. Um, so that that opportunity was there for them. Um, and I don't know, was it because I was a female head of department that they felt more that they could come to me or that I listened? Or I, I don't know what that was. Um, I, I think it's just who, who I was. Um, but I do think that that is, that is uh, and it's spotting that, and it's watching the early signs, the fight or flight signs in, in, in any student, but particularly in the, in the females. I did have to cut in and just say something here. When I was just um, actually applying, Diane, actually, you gave me your number. And I remember I called her and I was just saying, what could I do in computing? Because I knew I wanted to do it, but I didn't know what. Did I want to go software networking? And I remember just calling and we chatted and you were just telling me about what it's like and about what you could do. And that just really settled me into being comfortable into going into this computing at ATU. So I think to have someone, a role model and someone to look up to, and also someone just to guide you through it slowly and just explain what it's like and just give you a sense of comfort. So I just found that really helpful. So thank you. <laughs> but I found that <laughs> I found that just really helpful, yeah. um, just to kind of get me relaxed and comfortable and just confident in my decision. So just to have someone like that that you can talk to, maybe have an open line that people could call up to, you or you know, mm. or even just have even just a Q and A session with maybe lecturers and people can come in and chat and just. To have that open and communication between it is just really important in feeling confident in your decision. Definitely. Yeah. And so. Ellen, would you have any other supports that you use in the university if you're feeling like, you know, a bit wobbly on computing? <laughs> well, the lecturers is your best bet, is to go talk to some of the lecturers and just, especially if you're having trouble in something, they're more than willing to all help out and even talking to older students. So I have a lot of friends in the fourth year and if, you know, I'm ever kind of doubting anything. They're always there just to be like, keep going, keep, keep strong. And um, so it's just really nice to kind of, like I know there's a girl in third year I know and she's doing computing and it's just really nice to keep talking to her because she's going through the same thing I'm going through. To have people to talk to, whether it be lecturers or students or mentors or anyone in industry even, it's just really nice. So I have a mentorship I'm with someone from a local company and we've been doing it for about like three four years now and it's just it's kept me going through this entire and i'm what keep wanting to learn and he's showing me new things trying out different platforms and it's just to keep that kind of excitement and to keep that wanting to keep learning mm -hmm. is the most important thing about it that's tech is all about consistently learning and you never stop it so to get that kind of you know help and I don't know what the word, I don't know what word to use but you know just to get that kind of assistance to guide you and just give you that little push it's yeah. just sometimes all you need and just a quick follow-up question on that mm -hmm. how did you reach out to your mentor how did you find him well I was actually doing a project in secondary school um, for a BT Young Scientist competition that's held in Dublin every year and I just needed a little bit of help with the coding and I was just struggling a little bit with it because I had touched it a little bit myself but not in the same depth that it was required for this project. So I just reached out to um, Overstock, which is a local company here, and just kind of asked, is, is anyone willing to help me? Because I'd done a work placement there in my transition year. 
So I was just like, is anyone willing to help me? And one of them was like, yeah, sure. So we just started, we met in person originally and then we moved to Teams with COVID and then we just are still doing it weekly to this day. And we've just moved on. We've done some Python. We're doing GCP at the moment. And it's just to try new things and get that little bit of spark back and just keep that spark ignited and just, yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. I like to hear about the spark and I can yeah. see it in you as well. <laughs> like when you talk about it, you're beaming mm -hmm. um, and like how excited you are, which I think is really amazing. And you know, mm -hmm. what we really want to yeah. see in this world. And also I have to say the courage that it took for you to ask for help for many different people, you know, that's huge. And, you know, for our listeners and the people in the audience, you know, when you need help to, to take that leap and people really will be there to support you and, you know, they've been there to support you and you've flourished, mm. you know. And also becoming sometimes the helper. So I've had like a lot of people who are um, in kind of the younger years and stuff um, come to me and kind of be like, what is this about? What is computing in college like? What, what do you do? What is this? What's it like? So just to be that kind of person who's taken, who's once reached for knowledge from other people and now being able to give that knowledge back, to not maybe to be a mentor per se, but just to be able to help and give advice. It's just nice, the kind of the circle, you know, you just mm -hmm. keep going around. It's just, it feels really great to be able to give that support to people. So I'm always, again, if anyone, I'm always open if people want to send me an email or something, I'll more than happily reach out with some questions or something. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the offer's on, there. Just on that, on open day, I had a, a, yeah. a girl who wanted to um, do computing, but she just was a bit unsure, uncertain. So I nabbed Ellen and brought her along. So again, it's full circle. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's that building that constant, um, mm -hmm. you know, group um, that can support each other is is really important. Yeah. yeah. And Mary, do you have anything to add on prepping in university? Yeah, we've been talking about this over the last <clears throat> week or so, and I think the mentoring thing just is key. Mm -hmm. I know from my own experience, finding a really powerful mentor, I mean, it just supercharges your own career. You see it for yourself, what a difference it makes to find somebody who's interested in your development. That is just such a powerful, powerful thing. And Ellen, I think you really personify <laughs> that on so many levels and the way that you're giving back as well. So thank you. We just need to clone Ellen, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Ellen for president. No, and I, I'd be curious, does ATU have anything that would be like a computing mentorship program? I don't think we do as such, but not yet. This podcast yes, actually yeah. and the and the lead up to it has mm -hmm. really got us thinking about it and wondering, you know, how could we go about doing something like that? I know Ruth in uh, Donegal works with ACMW Europe, um, so global. Global, okay. <laughs> so I think we have models within the system that we need to really start thinking about and to get the input from yourself, yeah, Ellen, 100%, and, yeah. and others. And, you know, to to see how you can lead on that kind of thing. You know, there's, I think there's a real development opportunity, even more development opportunities, <laughs> and that that you can support other yeah. other students as well. So yeah, I think it's really yeah, got us thinking I, about this. Yeah, so thank you. Yeah. And there's a group of um, females in industry that I've worked with over the last while, and some of them, my past students actually, and recently have been, who've went out there and in the workplace have asked me, would we consider setting up a female network? And um, not just for support for to get new students in, because 
I'm part of a group called Tech Northwest, and we would very much advocate for uh, getting um, anyone into computing, but we are also in the female, try and get females into computing. And um, they would like us to reach out and have that sort of um, group that would not only support people, females in industry, but also new entrants in and new people coming in. So I think, yeah, we certainly looks like we might have a project on our hands after mm. this. Yeah, yeah. fabulous. Because I think to go in, and to know, to have that kind of comfort blanket of going in and knowing that there is someone there for you, whether it be coming into university or whether it be going into industry, to know that there's someone there looking out for you and, you know, willing to help if you need it. It, it would be so comforting to know that. Like, I would have loved to have had that coming into first year just to know. I, I did have it because I reached out myself, but to have that kind of openly available because some people might not feel comfortable reaching out. Mm -hmm. So to have that openly available that they're almost, they're not reaching out. It's just, it's already there for them. That would be really great I think yeah yeah oh, great we'd love to see yeah. it happen. <laughs> and I actually think that's something as well that parents would like to see because I really feel mm, yeah. parents are really the gatekeepers yeah. of their children's education mm. and their career paths um, might rebel and do the opposite but unlikely <laughs> somehow yeah. or other so it tends to be and if they don't get the whole tech and they don't feel comfortable with it like a lot of issues that I would have had um, that parents would have come to me in, in my time and would have asked you know well really like surely there's a lot of job losses in that industry and retention is very poor and the stats don't show well for retention but in actual fact our retention here in ATU Sligo is, is, is well up there and well beyond the, the national trends in terms of keeping students in computing so parents are wary of their children starting out in a career path obviously and paying for it and then finding <laughs> out that it's not for them but so I think all of that um, you know that whole program would certainly you know get the comfort blanket for the parents yeah. first yeah. and foremost yeah yeah I think parents are key they're so much part of the decision for undergrad students and encouragement from parents I think often tips the balance in one direction or the other so you, you I think you often see parents who are in the tech industry you can see their kids are so enthusiastic that, that would be mine both of mine are right. in the tech industry so oh. I kind of <laughs> I have been brought up around it and it was just I was going into it kind of open-minded I wasn't you know it wasn't blurry I didn't know what was you know I knew what was going to happen I knew what it was like I had been experienced a little bit before so I can understand from someone else's perspective where they have no idea have no exposure to it whatsoever mm -hmm. to go into it must be really scary so I was I was lucky in that mm -hmm. way but yeah, yeah there's definitely yeah. a big influence from the parents I'd say yeah I think Accenture did some research a couple of years ago maybe two or three years ago for International Women's Day and that was they found one of the just key factors that more prevented, I think, young women considering tech as a career. So if we can get at the parents, I think, uh, and then we need to think about the other pipeline issues that you know you, you opened with. So this is, I think, a, a long pipeline. It's you know it's starting at secondary mm -hmm. school, maybe yeah. national school, getting that well, initial even, spark. Even now they're bringing in computer science to Leaving Cert, and it's mm, only yes. it was piloted and it's just been brought in, and. It's actually not in any of the female schools at the moment. So there's Summerhill, which is the local boys' school it's in. But the Ursuline, which is the girls' school I went to, didn't have it. And my sisters wanted to do it, but can't, because it's not one you can do outside of school. So it's just that kind of, you need to have it readily available for everyone to do it. If it's only in the, in the boys' school, then almost instantly you're putting up that barrier mm -hmm. and saying, well, if it's not in this, in the girls' school, girls shouldn't be going into computing. You know, so that's what they're almost the picture they're painting. So to have it openly available, 
for everybody, should, for everybody for from such a young age is what you should be doing because I know a lot of girls from that school who wanted to do it but because it wasn't brought into the girls school they can't and that's almost going to put you off straight away coming into the industry I think yeah we would have done a lot of work around mm-hmm. that so we would have actually been you know um main instigator and getting it into Summerhill and we would mm-hmm. have had meetings with all the secondary schools in the, in the area and mm-hmm. um, to try and promote that this um, and we tried to have it as a shared module that mm-hmm. could be taught within let's say the grammar and Summerhill and their side but it just wasn't possible and they just didn't have the teaching staff mm-hmm. but um you know we still are, are still trying pushing. to do that move and still trying to push that in there and to make sure because that is the opening opportunity it, and it's, it would skyrocket the numbers definitely because to would. get that little bit of the taste at the start is almost all you need to get pushed into it because I, I had that taste I, I you know did stuff myself but I kind of gave it to myself you know but if you give everyone that little bit of a taste mm-hmm. there'd be so many more people who'd be like oh actually this is cool I never considered this before and yeah before you know it you got a, you got a lot more yeah. numbers then yeah a little bit of exposure it, goes it's all, a long it's all way need, yeah it's just marketing really <laughs> <laughs> well I don't think we talk enough about the positive aspects mm-hmm. of working in tech I mean it is it is pretty cool you know we do these days the tech industry just has tentacles into every other sphere so if you're into the movie business if you're into any business you can think of every one of those now has a huge computing element to them and more and more as AI products find their way into so many aspects of the economy you know, it is a gateway. I think an IT qualification is, is a passport to anywhere to do anything. Because I, rem- I remember the, the example that, that I always come back to is when I was in college, I did a communication studies degree, so I didn't uh, initially do a computing degree. And the prime plum placement that everybody wanted was in RTE, the national mm-hmm. broadcaster. And uh, we, I remember doing an interview for RTE, and I got it. Guess why I got it? I expressed an interest in computing. I told them about my dad buying me a Commodore 64 and that that was something that I was really interested in. And they wanted somebody to kind of take the lead on the, on the tech side of things. So I ended up in Today Tonight. <laughs> yes, I know I'm aging myself with every sentence here. But it was because I had that tech leaning that I got the opportunity. So I always say to, to young people considering opportunities, tech is a great passport. No matter what your ultimate aim is, tech will bring you in all kinds of places and offer all kinds of opportunities. So I think we need to talk more. The new roles too, as well, the new roles in computing. They're very yes. different roles that didn't exist mm. five years ago, you know, five, ten years ago. Yeah. Well, that's so what, many that, opportunities. They say that like I could be going into a job that does not exist in a couple of years' time, and it just doesn't exist yet because it's constantly evolving. It's just exponentially mm-hmm. increasing and evolving at that. Yeah, I always tell the students, you know, choose tech before tech chooses you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's a good one. That's great. Yeah. I think it's just like tech isn't for everyone, and that's, mm-hmm. we've got to like understand that. It's just that it's probably for a lot more people than they mm-hmm. think. It's just when people don't even consider it, that's when the issues are. Like, obviously, not, you're not going to get the entire college for everyone for tech. That's just never going to happen but to kind of get more people exposed to it, just so they can say, maybe they'll say, no, this isn't for me, but at least they've tried it. But you might get that one or two people who are like, I never thought of this, this is really cool. And I think it's just to get them one or two people to get that exposure and to consider it is the kind of mm-hmm. the big thing. Yeah, and I think the more females we get back into the industry, yeah. the more everything changes all mm-hmm. the way down. Mm-hmm. You know, as you yeah. at the very mm-hmm. start, it, 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 the decisions change, everything changes. Because the people at the top 
get to be women. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. And that makes a big impact as well. Yeah. yeah, I think if we can get to a tipping point, it could be a really exciting career for women, mm-hmm. and we might just see it very differently. Mm-hmm. But we have a long way to go to get there. But it can be done. We've seen it done. Harvey Mudd College in the States, Carnegie Mellon, MIT. Ruth can probably throw a couple more at us. Mm-hmm. You know, they've taken their undergraduate entry level from the 10% or thereabouts level to 49, 50, 51%. And they've done it strategically over a 10-year period and said, right, what do we need to do to get more girls interested? And we talked about some of the things, mm-hmm. but it's being strategic and having a long-term plan and a commitment to making that happen. And I think then, you know, you then you get this then virtuous kind of, what's the word? Cycle? Yeah, virtual cycle. So because it's seen as a place where it's positive for women in tech, that attracts more and, and it builds and builds over a period of time. So I think we need to start thinking about those kinds of strategic approaches. Great. I love the flow of the conversation as well. Yeah. Is it exactly the kind of stuff that we want on the podcast and even the excitement that's coming from the group and the audience as well, I find, you know, things are happening, you know, like we're, we're already in motion. So just got to keep putting our feet in front of the other. And before we know, we'll blink and we will have that 50-50. Yeah. That's the, the hope anyway. So. Yeah, we could have. We could have. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah. And it's very exciting to kind of be on the beginning rush of it all you know I just I have to say for me you know personally and this is my own thought on it but I just think the more that we push you know um, about just for females uh, you know like tech events you know specifically just for females is is creating a differentiation that shouldn't be there so it should be everybody tech event for everybody you know welcome to opportunities and how we do it then to help support women in industry as we do it on a one-to-one basis behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it has to, to come. Yeah. yeah. So like an event for everybody, but to make sure it's inclusive yes. for everybody yes. kind of thing. Yeah. And, and that goes back to what you're saying is we don't want a really steep rail. We want a rail that is going to be there for everyone. Yeah. yeah. And everyone benefits. Mm-hmm. Who wants to work in an industry that is of all one gender? Or no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sweden recently, um, it was one of the top universities in the States. They were men only up to a certain point, I can't remember the year. But the reason they started to take women in originally was some of the state colleges or the kind of less prestigious colleges started to take in women. And obviously that changed the dynamic. And the men who would have previously applied to the top tier colleges, guess what they started to do? <laughs> Apply to the colleges that were co-ed. And then the, pre- the premier institutions started to say, oh, what's going on here? Uh, and, and that was kind of the reason why some of those top universities first admitted women. So it's kind of mad. <coughs> it's a bit like golf. Hey, yeah. 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 Yes, Diane. Like was like golf. With <laughs> <laughs> anything, in golf, the true opponent is yourself. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Your head is... The only thing that gets in the way. Exactly. (laughs) So we do have one more question, but with time, I actually think that I'd like to open it up to the audience first to see if there's any questions and 
we can answer those. And if not, we can, with the last 15 minutes, um, have our question. But is there anyone? Comment. Comment. I'm gonna. Uh, um, Ruth, would you like would to you come like up to here? Down. No, 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 no. Okay. So can you hand it over your phone number to the student, and then the student goes and comments to the next student. It's a huge ripple effect. So for every one of the lovely um, activities that you've mentioned as possibilities, like mentoring and that, I think we don't emphasize enough how the small things we do have a huge impact. And we need to think about that. All those little things, they are they are making a difference. You don't always see it immediately. You probably didn't know that you connected the next person and the next person. But it was because you handed over the phone number, because you answered the question. So those little tasks and activities that you're planning, including wonderful things like this podcast, you won't see who's watching this and who changes their mind and decides, I'll try computing because of your podcast. So it is important to just keep that in mind. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. I always say that. Everybody can make a difference. It might be only a small difference, and it might take a long time to see the difference, but if you can make a difference to somebody, that is remarkable. That's what we're here to do, always. I, I think that's what gives me purpose anyway. I don't know about anyone else, but it's making a difference. Yeah. I mean, that's the main reason. Oh, we got more questions. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, just a quick one. Um, how do the panels think that um, having a more diverse workforce in tech will change technology itself? So just to reiterate, uh, how does uh, having a more diverse workforce change technology, technology itself? Yeah. I have some opinions. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, let Mary go, but yeah, radically. We all have different mm -hmm. perspectives. Um, my perspective is not the same as Alan's. So everybody brings a different perspective to the table, but generally, you know, we women, we do think differently to men. Dare I say it? You know, but we do. So there, there has to be. I think, I think the technology will be uh, way more yeah. user friendly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Like, if you had a team of everyone with the exact same personality type or the exact same thoughts you're going to get a very biased application or something coming out of that. Like, they, isn't that the Myers-Briggs tests and stuff that they sometimes take to get a diverse workforce? And it's kind of like, it's almost like that, you know, you just need to have that kind of full mix of people, everyone with slightly different opinions and slightly different attitudes, these kind of things. Because if you have everyone who's like really good at programming sit down to do something, it's going to have a really bad um, interface and it's going to have, I don't know, the testing might be really bad on it, everything. If you just have everyone focused on the one thing, just to have a very kind of diverse, like you were saying, you know, it just, it'll make for better, better software, better tech, everything. It'll just be better along the line having it diverse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some of the research that I've read on this talks about how homogenized tech started out. It was a, it was a particular kind of profile Think about the Bill Gates story or the Apple story. It was a particular kind of demographic. And you had people then flock to that industry who were similar in values and in outlook and in skills. So it, it, it developed as a very homogenized kind of industry. And somehow it's, it seems to have managed to hold on to that a bit too long. And I think tech is now starting to damage itself because of that. You know, we're seeing huge platforms like Twitter, like Facebook, uh, so many of the big flat platforms are creating more problems than they're solving. So we're seeing the, you know, really dire outcomes 
from some of the Facebook campaigns that have gone on, some of which we're only starting to, to learn about now. Uh, you, you know all the ones I'm talking about. Um, so there's that level of dysfunction in the industry because we just have too many of the same kinds of people with the same kinds of brains. We're encouraged, I think, into that space. And I think, like Diane and Ellen have said, it will radically change the whole industry. And because every kind of layer of society now is being powered by tech and having decisions automated by tech, you know, that is going to seep into every element of our society. So it's, I think it's not just tech needs to save itself. You know, the, the world needs yeah. to save itself. And tech is going to be the medium for that mm -hmm. to happen or not happen. Mm -hmm. So I think it's critical that we start to get that diversity. And it recognised that diversity is... If we bring many different perspectives to the table, you know, we will address the problems that we have and we won't create systems that have the problems built in from the start. If that makes any sense. That does. Mm -hmm. uh, what you were saying, it reminds me of this book that I read, Weapons of Math Destruction. Oh, I, yes, I read that. Yeah, it's yeah, very that good. really good, yeah. And, and essentially the people who were writing these... Um, machine learning libraries and AI essentially is they're biased and the the learning is biased and there's creating feedback loops of bias um, and if we had more diversity of the people um, who are creating this AI then it wouldn't be it would be more open for everybody to use and it affects everybody's lives from you know, getting a mortgage or getting into college or, you know, anything, so. Yeah, and I actually teach a module of cognitive psychology to the app design and UX students, and they are so unaware of their biases. We all are, you know, yeah. it's amazing how, just to even bring that in, that's that's sort of type of subject should be taught in all computing mm -hmm. courses because they need it, you know, they do need to understand how we think and what we do, and even for ourselves, to save ourselves from ourselves. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It's true, we're our own worst enemies sometimes, or all the time. <laughs> AI seems to be an even more distorted stream of tech, and it is becoming more and more important. It's finding its way into so many of our systems, and the, the, the unbalance of gender is even more pronounced there than in other forms of tech. So look, we have a lot of work to do, and we need to also, I think, look out for the people who are trying to do the work. So we've seen Google and Timnit Guru and that whole saga. So they, you know, they brought women in to build the conscience of Google for AI products. And then when those women started to point at the truth, you know, it didn't end well for those women. So they weren't looked after in the industry. So, you know, that's really, that's a salutary tale, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And we need to think about how we need to protect the people who are trying to do that really important work. And, you know, is there a, ro is there a role for regulation? And how do we... Because the tech industry, I think, is resisting that so far. Mm. But it's becoming, mm. I think, coming to the stage where... You need to start doing something about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. We got Sorry. a better foot down. Yeah. Sorry to put all this on your generation. Yeah. It kind of feels like this generation of tech has just made it. Just made it. A lot of work to do. Yeah. Any further questions? 
I just want to ask if there are any women in tech that have been an inspiration to you? Oh. Um, the question is, uh, are there any women in tech that are inspiration to you? Ada Lovelace. I was going yeah. to say the same. <laughs> so she shares a birthday with my daughter. That was number one. Well, maybe not number one. But the <laughs> fact that she wrote the first program for a computer that hadn't even been built yet. Like it's it's yeah. pretty mind-blowing. The first programmer. And she literally wrote something in such a male-dominated world for a machine that there were blueprints there for us, but it hadn't actually been built. You know, that um, blows my mind a little bit. So I was, was going to say the exact same thing. It's just I remember reading about her and just being like, just wow. She's just, uh, it was just so amazing for the time she was in. And also even now, it was just what she was doing was so relevant then and now. And it's just, yeah, I just... I was the same, I was just kind of taken aback. I was like, just, yes, yeah. so that was kind of, wouldn't say it was like the kind of triggering factor for me, but it was definitely something that I was like, if I could be a little bit like her, that would be amazing. So, yeah. And it's interesting how her legacy then mm -hmm. was handed down to Alan Turing, and he brought, you know, he was a queer man, he was on the autism scale. So he brought diversity actually, mm -hmm. and, and is seen as the father of AI, but, we need more diversity, yeah. <laughs> more, more pathways there. Yeah. Sorry, Dale. Yeah, no, 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 for me, there's no one specific, you know, in, in that mm -hmm. line of things. It's everybody that I meet every day okay. that makes a difference, that steps up, and I've met lots of females in industry in my time, and, you know, and I meet them all the time, and they're there, and they're working in a predominantly male-orientated world or teams, and just, you know, they inspire me. Or someone like Ellen that is willing to come yeah. in and give it a go even though the one girl that's sitting there in that classroom of 30 mm -hmm. fellas that to me makes a difference they're, they're mm -hmm. the people yeah and definitely my lectures too so I had Mary last year and that was an inspiration because I loved we did internet of things and I absolutely loved it it was exactly like what I wanted to do to, to have a female lecturing me in this and telling me it was just it was just no matter who it would have been, it would have been great, but it was almost just a little bit better. And then again, Diane for just leading me through the whole process and just also just being a constant support the whole way through. So like, we've kind of kept in contact from the start. And I know all my other lectures, so another one of my lectures in the audience there, <laughs> the same thing, you know, it's just to have that kind of role model and someone to look up to and to go into a classroom and it's not all men. It's just kind of nice every now and then. But yeah, just so that's another inspiration for me, you yeah. guys, and even you guys, just for setting up a podcast and just trying to spread the information and just to create a kind of a safe space to talk about it and also to kind of get people thinking. That's the kind of just, yeah, so you guys as well. Oh, <laughs> I'm so. in now. Yeah. <laughs> and we're really lucky here oh, in ADU Schlager because we have actually mm -hmm. probably about a 50 50 split almost of female and male. And you know mm -hmm. what? That makes our conversations and the fun we have as lecturers together ourselves mm -hmm. as well, you know, because we, we do. We are human as well. So outside of you know, you know, we, we have really good chats and we have really good banter on things, and it's really important, you know. Um, so yeah, great. Well, I think that's a wrap. Mostly, a yeah. few more remarks. No, everything you said was spot on and fabulous, and I am so excited for this episode to hit the airwaves and to finally share it out, because I think we covered a lot of things that are really important going forward for women in tech and everyone in tech in general. So, Can I ask, who are your inspiration, yeah. inspirational females? Mm. 
So we're back at you here. Turning the tables. Yeah. For me, Stacy's definitely one of them. <laughs> you know, we're, we're colleagues and friends and mentors to each other. Um, a former, and another person, a former podcast uh, inter- guest, uh, Aoife Hannigan. We actually gave her a shout out in the last episode yeah. as well. So shout out again. Yeah, just keep talking about her. Keep talking about her. She, um, but she's my manager and mentor and... Um, similar, just done loads to my career and it's just so understanding and wonderful. So I definitely look up to her a lot. <laughs> yeah, definitely. For, I'm going to say it again, but Aoife Hannigan. <laughs> and just because she's already gone through like the steps of the career ladder that I want to go on. And so having the opportunity to start in a company where there was a woman in the position I want to work towards like it was, it made it possible for me to see that it was accessible. Mm-hmm. So um, it, I, I, I would definitely say probably Aoife, you know. We all want to meet Aoife now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, listen to her episode. I think it's episode three, four? Four, or four. no, no, five. Five. We don't know our episodes. <laughs> but it's a Meaningful Mentorship is the mm-hmm. name of the episode. So, so look, whatever number it is, that's yeah. the name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, Uh, I think this is a good segue. Just, we wanna thank all the women in our lives and thank you everybody for coming to watch and being a part of the podcast. Um, But yeah, thank your moms and your daughters and your cats, uh, your sisters and your aunts and the presidents. You know, if she's a woman, thank her because gosh, she really deserves it Um, with, everything that we all do so yeah yeah. definitely so thank you so much to ATU for hosting us and letting us put on the podcast live here today so very very much thank you um it was truly a a treasure and a really special moment for us to be able to come here and talk to everyone today Um, and if you want to hear more from us you can follow us on social media so our handle is Fizz Buzz Podcast, and you can also use the QR code up there to find them. But you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and you can even send us an email if you want at Gmail. If you got some stuff to say or you want to hear something else, let us know. We'd be happy to address it and chat about it. Um, and then we also have some stickers if you guys want. So please come down. Feel free to say hi again and come take a sticker. Yeah. That's how we knew that we made it, is when we got the stickers and we're like, oh, this is real, <laughs> tangible, real things, stickers. And as that's like the cool tech thing, is to like have stickers, so yeah, that's why. And then we all know tech is the same as comedy, because you don't know if it's going to work until you show it to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for coming and having a few laughs with us today. We know the subject material was very important to chat about, so not as funny as our usual shows, but I'm really glad we could address it today. <laughs> so yeah, without further ado, we'd like to give a round of applause to Mary, Ellen, and Diane. An extra special thanks to Aiden as well. He helped us set up all the equipment today, so we wouldn't have been able to have these lovely microphones without him. And Doug, who set this up. And then also Ruth for coming all the way from Letterkenny. And then also Jacqueline as well for organizing. And, and Michelle. Michelle, thank you so much. <laughs> There's lots of people behind the scenes. Lots so of 
And if we didn't mention anybody, thank you to you too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's a wrap. A wrap. Thanks, Thanks everyone. everyone. Woo!